So we wanted to talk about spider mites at all, all locations this year in the state. We had some problems in eastern Nebraska last year. And uh, given the weather forecast, we might have a dry summer, which would encourage spider mites. Typically, they're more of a problem in western Nebraska, but we can have problems in eastern Nebraska too. And uh, just to introduce myself, I'm Bob Wright. I'm a Nebraska Extension Entomology Specialist based in Lincoln. So we want to learn how to identify this. There are two different spider mite species we can find in Nebraska on corn and soybeans. Uh, recognize the conditions that favor their, their outbreaks and understand management options for spider mites on Nebraska corn and soybeans. So spider mites are related to ticks and spiders. Uh, they have needle-like mouth parts that pierce individual plant cells and suck the plant juices. And so that's why you get sort of spotty damage symptoms. They're, they're inserting their mouth parts and damaging uh, little spots on the leaf. Uh, infestations can be encouraged by drought stress or dry conditions and also sometimes can be uh, increased by prior pesticide use. So we have two different types of spider mites in Nebraska on, on agronomic crops, the Banks grass mite on corn and the two-spotted spider mite, which can be on both corn and soybeans. So the, you wouldn't be able, you need a hand lens or a microscope to see this uh, hand lens in the field. But on the left is the Banks grass mite. It tends to have dark pigment down the length of the body the two-spotted spider mite, as you would expect by the, the uh, name, has two spots, one on each side. Uh, body is a little more rounded than the Banks grass mite. And there's a, a type of two-spotted spider mite referred to as a carmine mite that sometimes can be found later in the season that is dark red like this, but it is a two-spotted spider mite as well. So it's, it's really important to know, particularly in corn, whether you're dealing with Banks grass mite or two-spotted spider mite. Some other differences uh, between the two, more behavioral, that the Banks grass mite will produce silk webbing on the leaves. The uh, two-spotted uh, spider mite is more likely or produces more webbing than the Banks grass mite typically. Uh, banked grass mite exclusively found on grasses, particularly corn and sorghum would be the main crops that we would have in injury problems. The two-spotted spider mite has a very broad range. It can include uh, corn and sorghum, but also soybeans and a variety of other, other plants. Uh, so it has a very broad host range. Uh, Banks grass mites tend to appear earlier in the season or start earlier in the season. The two-spotted spider mite tends to be more of a midsummer to, to late season pest. On corn, uh, the Banks grass mite is mostly on the lower, it starts off in the lower leaves and moves upward as the infestation grows. The two-spotted spider mite can be more distributed across the plant and not necessarily, doesn't necessarily start at the bottom and move up. It can sometimes colonize almost the whole plant. Uh, these both overwinter in Nebraska. Uh, again, the Banks grass mite overwinters in grassy plants, either winter wheat or native grasses outside the field. Uh, 
two-spotted spider mite typically is found on broadleaf plants, something either uh, nearby alfalfa or uh, broadleaf weeds, winter annuals uh, along crop field borders. And the other aspect of why it's important to know which species you have, uh, typically the banks grass mite is, is typically more susceptible to common miticides than the two-spotted spider mite. But in areas where, where you may be using a lot of uh, insecticides for other pests, there are localized areas where banks grass might be, might be less susceptible as well. But the two-spotted spider mite is sort of notorious. It has developed resistance to several products and oftentimes control is less consistent. Again, if particularly in areas where insecticides have been used frequently. So on corn, uh, you need to identify which species is, is present and be aware that uh, fields that have sandy, sandier soils are, are more likely to have water stress, which can encourage spider mite development. Also, if you're using insecticides for other insects, like we just talked about with Tom Hunt, maybe Western bean cutworm or, or rootworm beetles, uh, that can, can encourage spider mite development later in the season. But you wanna look uh, for yellowest to whitest spotting on the top of the leaf. Uh, and uh, if you turn the leaf over, you might see webbing. And then with the hand lens, you could see uh, these small spider mites, but you can see here these little little spots is where they were feeding. And also confirm the presence of mites on the undersides of the leaves. There's other, other situations, drought and disease can cause similar discoloration. And of course, there's always natural senescence uh, later in the season in the lower leaves of corn. So we have some general economic thresholds in corn. Uh, if you can see visible damage from spider mites on the lower third of the plants and mite colonies are present in the middle third. And when we say mite colonies, that maybe is a quarter to, to a dime size area where there's multiple mites. And that's indication of the reprodu reproducing on the plant at that, at that location. So if we have damage in the lower third and mite colonies in the middle third, that's a, a, a level that we should think about treating. We do not want the mites to be get above, get to the ear leaf or above, that's where we can have some significant yield loss. So uh, if, we, if we get to this threshold, that's when you wanna uh, start planning to treat, especially if the weather conditions are gonna continue to be hot and dry or Again, if you're on a sandier soil and it's hard to keep the, the, the crop well watered, those are situations you wanna watch out for spider mites. Uh, once you get to the hard dough or late R4, R4 stage, it generally doesn't pay to treat for spider mites at that late in the season. So moving on to soybeans, which are the other major crop that we see problems with, but only the two-spotted spider mite can be found in soybeans. Again, they overwinter outside of the field. Uh, typically first colonized field borders, south facing edges or water stressed areas of the field for early damage 
symptoms for mites. Uh, typically, mites are a late season pest, but uh, we have had early season infestations uh, in soybeans. Uh, remember, had to look it up. Uh, in 2012, we had uh, infestations in, in Richardson County in June in some soybean fields. Of course, that was a pretty dry year, so there was a lot of water stress fields. But anyway, uh, be aware that they can occur earlier. Again, damaged symptoms produce yellow spots on the leaves and typically starting on the lower leaves and then later moving up into the canopy. So again, there's other things that can cause these types of symptoms. Look for the presence of mites as well as the damaged symptoms. So economic thresholds in soybeans, if we see heavy damage in the lower leaves, leaf yellowing and some leaf loss, and some stippling and mites present in the middle part of the canopy, that would be a, a treatment level. Again, we don't wanna let the mites get too high up in the canopy before we treat. But uh, so this is a, a general rough threshold for spider mite damage in soybeans. So again, in soybeans, there can be other things that uh, maybe can be confused with spider mite damage. I remember we had a, a big outbreak of spider mites in the late 1980s across the Midwest. And a lot of people were confusing the damage from drought and foliar diseases with spider mites. And a lot of fields probably were treated that didn't have spider mites. So base treatment assistance on the presence of mites. Uh, if you have, Localized infestations, it's possible you can, don't need to spray the whole field. But again, scout, do a good job of scouting, particularly areas downwind of where the damage is found. Spider mites can, what we call balloon, where they secrete silk and get blown in the wind, so they can move downwind. Uh, and then late season infestations can be a problem. They can accelerate soybean senescence and increase pod shattering. Uh, but caution, one thing we often run into is late season soybean uh, insecticide applications. Be aware of the pre-harvest interval. A lot of the insecticides we typically use have a 21 to 28 day pre-harvest interval. So for both corn and soybeans, uh, we can't really eliminate spider mites with pesticides. A realistic goal is to slow the rate of population increase the other problem we have is that again, uh, particularly in corn with large canopy, they're feeding in the base of the plant on the undersides of the leaf. It's difficult to, to reach where they are with a low volume application. And be sure to look at the label and see what the, the product recommendations are. But generally, uh, if you can use three gallons per acre by air or 15 or more gallons per, per ground may increase effectiveness. And then uh, applications may be more effective early in the morning or late in, in the evening to avoid the upward movement of sprays on hot rising air away from the plants. So treatment timing can be a factor as well. So we have a variety of uh, options now in corn and soybeans, more so than we had in the past. Historically, we relied primarily on organophosphates and pyrethroids. A problem with, with them is that they do not 
kill the mite eggs. And they, they generally are pretty broad spectrum insecticides. So they also remove the natural enemies that are helping control spider mites. And infestations can reoccur in seven to 10 days after the eggs hatch out if there are a lot of eggs available. So several products are available on both corn and soybeans that uh, are effective against immatures and adults, but not against the eggs. And we have some newer products now that uh, have some advantages. Some of them are more selective and less likely to flare mites. Uh, again, some, uh, some of these do not have activity against uh, eggs, only immatures and adults. And then some of the newer products, the, uh, the 10B and 23 uh, mode of actions they have activity against eggs and immatures, uh, but some do not have activity against adults. So that's something to be aware of as well. You have to have a good idea of uh, what stages of mites you have in the field, where you are as you choose an insecticide. I guess the other issue is some of these newer products are more expensive than the organophosphate and pyrethroids. So that's something to be aware of as well. So biological controls can be very important to maintain lower populations of spider mites. And that's why we don't want to needlessly use an insecticide earlier in the season. We may, we may knock out uh, some of these natural enemies. There can be, there are some predatory mites. There's a couple of different types of lady beetles. There actually are some predatory thrips and mite, minute pirate bugs in the far right here are very important or very common. Uh, predators of, of spider mites and aphids. And if the weather conditions are right, uh, we get a, a cooler wet period, we can get some fungal diseases that can wipe out spider mite populations if the weather conditions are appropriate. So as you scout, look for these as well. Uh, that, that can help you decide a little bit how quickly you need to spray if there's adequate biological controls. Uh, you may hold off a little bit. So as we talked about, uh, sometimes spider mite problems can be traced back to an earlier application of a broad spectrum insecticide that reduced the populations of these natural enemies. And many of the, many of the common insects we control in corn and soybeans uh, could lead to flare ups of, of mites by removing beneficial insects and allowing the pests, the spider mites to thrive particularly if we have weather conditions that are conducive to mite population growth. So the take home points, it's important to identify spider mite species in corn. The management options may differ depending on the species. Uh, the different pesticides differ in their activity against the different spider mite sages. Uh, some are not effective against eggs and some are, some are not effective against adults. So it's important to understand this as you make a pesticide selection. And the main take home message, if we are gonna have dry conditions this summer, we wanna be careful to avoid unnecessary broad spectrum insecticide applications earlier in the season, because we may encourage later spider mite outbreaks. So if we think about using, adding, adding an insecticide in corn at tasseling uh, to the fungicide, 
just in case or to clean up the field, that may be something we want to uh, watch out for or including an insecticide with the last herbicide application in soybeans is a common practice that may encourage later season spider mite outbreaks. So that's that's all I had on spider mites. Uh, just be aware if, if we do have dry conditions this year that we may run into spider mite problems. So be aware of what to, to think about.